Hi, friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Aaron Tickton. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing really well. It's so nice to hear your voice and see you again. It is so great. It's so great to see you. Erin is one of those special students who was um, just amazing during her time here at Cal Poly, and she's just hit the ground running out in the professional world and um, is, is doing amazing. She is currently serving as the Senior Associate Project Manager or a Senior Associate Project Manager with CVET. Um, and so those, um, those, those students and young professionals out there in the event space know CVET very well as one, uh, one, of, the, uh, one of the leaders in the industry. And um, so I'm excited to get to talk to you about that. Erin graduated from our program in 2019. So we're going to we're going to go back a little bit and and hear about her and her growing up and how she eventually landed at Cal Poly and then um with Cvent. So let's let's go back in time, Aaron, um if you don't mind, if you'll humor me here, tell us uh tell us where you grew up. Yeah, I grew up in Westlake Village, California. A pretty small town, just about an hour north of Los Angeles. Okay, yeah, I've driven, I've driven through Westlake Village. Tell us about Westlake Village. What was Westlake Village like? I like to equate it as uh, picture a TV set of people walking around their neighborhood and saying, "Hey, neighbor," and oh. grabbing an egg from their neighbor, a cup of flour. That's what my upbringing was like. Um, oh, everyone wow. in my city knew each other. Is only about eight thousand people in Westlake Village, uh-huh. um, so just a tiny little town. Very, very community oriented. Absolutely loved my upbringing there. Very, very cool. You know, I think that's one thing, Aaron, that a lot of people, myself included, I have to, I have to lump myself in with this. You know, you, you stereotype the uh, Southern California or the the Greater Los Angeles metro area, if you will, and and you see all the traffic and you hear all the hustle and bustle, but what you don't realize is that there are, um, it's just thousands of really cool small communities <laughs> where people, yeah absolutely where people, you know it's where it's a small town feel in the middle of a big metro area right and so definitely uh, yeah is that what your is that what what your experience was like oh absolutely I'm quite honestly I'm not really a city person yeah. um just big cities aren't really my thing and yeah. so growing up in a small suburb surrounded by San Monica Mountains I had yeah. you know, a network of trails right behind my house within a five minute walking distance. Oh, that's um, awesome. Absolutely beautiful area. Very um, to cool. Explore. Very, very cool. Tell us about um, what, what your parents did when you were when you were growing up. Yeah. So my mom, um, she's technically a registered dietitian, um, but growing up, she um, was mostly a stay at home mom. And okay. she actually now completely pivoted and she's working um, in business management and an accounting firm. So oh, nice. He's gone over all over the place. All over the map. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah. And then my dad, he actually owns his own business called MacTech. Um, and his company essentially helps organizations understand and use technology strategically. Oh, um, cool. And before COVID, he ran tech conferences around the country. And that's how I kind of got into the corporate event world. Yeah, right on. You were already well acclimated to it. <laughs> yes, Very born cool. into corporate events. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, what about what about siblings? Do you have any brothers or sisters? I do. I have an older brother. His name is Jordan. Um, he is uh, in quality assurance at JPL in Pasadena. Okay. It's part of NASA. 
Okay, right on. Well, you know, I'm I'm a big Michael Jordan fan, so I love the name Jordan. Um, <laughs> I couldn't talk, I couldn't talk, uh, Doctor Rue into naming uh, naming Max Jordan, but um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Max is a great name too. <laughs> Max is a good name too, exactly. But uh, well, very cool. Shout out to Jordan there. Tell us what you were like as a kid. What did you What did you get into? What was your jam? Yeah, I was a total theater kid. Um, so wow. I grew up doing musical theater, um, singing, dancing, acting, competitive improv all throughout my upbringing. Very oh, involved in that. Right on. Okay, give us uh, give, uh let's hear it. Belt, belt <laughs> something, belt something out. <laughs> oh gosh, you can't you do got. that to me. What I can't do that. You got nothing. <laughs> we'll you got after. nothing. I got. I got a little. <laughs> you know, I was. Um, I was not a theater kid, but I loved. Um. I loved acting and like that's one of kind of a little bit of a regret I have is that I didn't really ever pursue anything along those lines because in high school, you know, I was in sports and whatnot, but but I, but I was in one play. I was Oliver. I was Bill Sykes and Oliver and um, I couldn't sing. And so they let me, <laughs> they let me gruff it, like gruff it out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Strong man tremble when I hear it. So <laughs> it like really gruff. Oh, that's know? perfect. Yeah, Every yeah. show needs a character like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I, I was like, since I put you on the spot to sing, I was like, I've got to sing a little bit, which would be worse <laughs> than you singing, way worse than you singing, of course. So now here's your chance uh, to relive the glory days a bit from high school, right? I just did a little bit with my Bill Sykes impersonation there. What was your proudest moment growing up? Yeah, I speaking of high school, um, this is a no-brainer for me. Uh, yeah. My senior year of high school, a friend and I decided that we wanted to put on our own show. And so we rented out a theater. We rented the rights to a show called, no called Marvelous Wonderettes. No and the two way. of us put together, um, produced, directed, performed in a four-person show called Marvelous Wonderettes. It's essentially a 50s, 60s jukebox musical. It has all your classics of it's my party, Mr. Sandman, no um, Lollipop. Yeah. And we sold out all three nights that we had the show. It was incredible. That is awesome. That is really, really cool. Well, you were the very first one that I've asked that question. I don't know if you'll be <laughs> the first one that at that where that question airs, but you're technically <laughs> are the first because I've got the schedule, you know, but uh you're the first one. And uh that just that gives me chills. That is so that is so awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. It was you know, an incredible experience. Definitely taught me a lot, a lot of management skills. Um, didn't realize how difficult it was to both direct, produce, and uh, act in a show at the same time. But we pulled it off, and it was an incredible performance. I was really proud of it. That is so awesome. I really love that. That is really, really cool. Now, um, along those lines, you know, you said that your dad, uh, your dad kind of acclimated you to the corporate events world. Um, what about growing up? Do you, do you remember having that dream job? You had a mom who was a dietitian, right? But, uh, uh so she probably had talked about that when she was, when she was working in, in, in the, in the nutrition world. Um, do you remember a dream job? You know, it's funny. I do. And my dream job has nothing to do with any of those things you just mentioned. Right, right. Um, well, well, <laughs> growing up, I uh, I really wanted to be an elementary school teacher. I uh -huh. love kids. I love teaching. Um, and so I really wanted to go into that. Yeah. Um, and specifically first grade teaching. Uh -huh. um, that's uh -huh. what my grandma did. And uh -huh. so we were a lot of teachers in the family, just kind of in the family. Um, yeah. Seemed like a, a fun path to go down. 
Oh, awesome. You know, you're going to make me cry because I always think about my my mom regretted not going into teaching um, and, and uh, when I when I was growing up. And so me becoming a eventually becoming an educator, you know, um, was an ode to her. And um, but, you know, I think one of the things, Aaron, about you that is so amazing is that I think you probably could have said anything and you are such a genuine smart, professional person that I really think that I would have just been like, oh yeah, I could totally see oh, it. Right. Thank you, know? you so much. That means yeah. so much to me. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you know, when I think about, when I think about what you're doing right now, I, I'm like, oh yeah, Aaron is so perfect. And then you talk <laughs> about being a director and a producer and I'm like, oh yeah, Aaron. Right. So <laughs> then you said elementary school teacher. And I'm like, Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I can totally see. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank think, you. That means you know, a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's talk about that tra- transition. Now, obviously, San Luis Obispo is not that far away from Westlake Village, right? But everybody needs like some sort of connection or has some sort of story, right? About hearing uh, hearing about San Luis Obispo, hearing about Cal Poly. What's your story? Yeah, so actually, uh, one of my my family members that live in Pismo and Shell Beach. Um, So growing up, you know, we were always in that area, visiting them, spent so much time on the Pismo Pier and all in that area. So I always had a love for that area. And then Jordan, my brother, actually also went to Cal Poly. He's two years older. And so when I was, you know, getting ready to go to school and all of that, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to Cal Poly. I'm not going to go where my brother goes. (laughs) I'm not going to go where I have family. I have to pave my own path. Yeah. And so I actually applied to every other school for liberal studies, except for Cal Poly, which I um, had applied for the recreation parks and tourism administration major. Yeah. My parents were like, just hear it out. Just let's go visit. Just hear it out. um, And let's see how you like it. To yeah. go up, um, I got in, um, thankfully, which was you know, kind of a shock to me. That was amazing. No, no. And we go up for admitted students day. And I went into the talk that we had for the Recreation Parks and Tourism uh, mm-hmm. Department. Mm-hmm. You guys hosted a, a whole talk for everyone that was in that major and explained yeah. all about the major and what we did and all the classes you can take and all these things. Yeah, I walked out of that room straight to the UU, took out my phone, and committed to Cal Poly on the spot. Oh no way! So, so yeah, that, that just uh, that that makes me that is so awesome. That's so cool to hear. You know, we we yeah. talk about we talk about like bringing the energy during that uh, session, you know, and how important it is. And so to hear people, it changed it for me. It yeah, really that's did. Awesome. That's awesome. That is so yeah. great to hear. I really, I really love it. I actually had a um. One of, and I think that she was probably, I won't name names on this one, but, um, but we had, uh, um, one of my colleagues here at Cal Poly, she's a, she's a GRC, um, graphic communication professor and her, um, her, uh, daughter was in the program and, um, and then she had another daughter in like wine and vet and, and, um, and a couple of other, um, academic programs. And they were like, And she was like, I went to theirs and theirs was just like really different than yours. Theirs was really super boring. I fell asleep. (laughs) Yours was like, yours was so vibrant and um, everyone was so excited. And I was like, okay, so we are, we're doing something right there. Okay. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I talked with so many other people that day about how their talk went with their major and no one had the same, you know, walk away impression that I did. Right. So I instantly fell in love. That's awesome. So let's talk about, let's talk about the Cal Poly years. You know, it's, um, 
it's it's obviously like wherever you go to school right like that 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 aspect of of finding yourself and finding your identity and starting to build your professional development and think about what you want to do with the rest of your life and making these like amazing friends and all of those things like, um, you know, uh, under one umbrella. Right. And I just think that um, because we're in such a magical place like San Luis Obispo, that it feels like those aspects are enhanced, right? Um, can Absolutely. You us, yeah. Can you tell us about what your experience was like? And and do you have like a memorable experience or something that really stands out that you could share with us that's not professional development related? We'll, we'll get into the professional development, but um, do you have one of those real enduring memories that, that you'll never forget? Yeah, definitely. I mean, every part of Cal Poly, I loved the area, the people, the education side of it, all of it was incredible. Um, And not to take it out of slow, but definitely the most memorable for me was studying abroad in Valencia, Spain, uh, my junior year. Yeah, that studying abroad. And I know so many people say that that's the most memorable because it's just such an incredible experience to get out of your comfort zone and maybe go to a country that doesn't speak the same language and be with people maybe you don't know. Um, and just go through all of that for a few months and really grow. So that for me was definitely a, a turning point. I love it. And you did it. Your you you did the pretty standard one, right? Your sophomore year. Um, tell yeah, us my junior year, or it was your junior year. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about yeah, what so you my, studied and that sort of thing. Definitely, um, it was my junior year, fall quarter. Um, it was a, a semester in Spain, mm-hmm. so I went from about August to December. Or so. Um, and while I was there, I took a couple classes in Spanish, um, you know, perfecting my Spanish. I'm nowhere near fluent. I wish I were there. Right. I definitely had it more under my belt while I was there. I but, bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I also took a couple business classes as uh-huh. well. Um, so I took an operations management where we got to actually go tour some different facilities in Spain, some of the leading electrical companies there, um, right. kind of just things that were really you know, out of my comfort zone, nothing I ever would have chosen to study on my own, but doing it in Spain just brought a whole other level of excitement. Um, Yeah. And a couple other classes on top of that with culture and things like that. I love it. I love it. And you said you, you're, you're, you were in Valencia, right? Yeah. Valencia. So it's the third largest city in Spain. It's actually where Paella is founded. That's the original Paella there. Yeah, Um, It's right on the coast on the East side. Um, so amazing beaches highly recommend if you're ever going to spain definitely check out valencia i love it well i one of my really good friends just got back from like 20 days in europe and um and he said spain was his highlight um and his his favorite country so uh yeah i i can't wait um so let's talk about professional development you know you were i obviously know how involved you were um here on campus but if you could um Pick out or, or one or two things that um, where you look back and you go, oh, wow, that really helped to launch me into the professional that I am today. Definitely. I mean, aside from just getting involved in EIM Club and Rofi Lambda and even my sorority and just holding positions in those, yeah. um, I think the biggest thing that really you know sparked some professional development for me was attending conferences. So things like Visit California, Outlook Forum, I went twice, IMEX, CPRS, where I actually presented my senior uh, project. And all of the conferences I was able to go to through RPTA was um, just amazing, really taught me a lot. 
Yeah. And Aaron was one of those students that um, when, you know, when you needed when we when we needed someone to step up, uh, she was right there. And um, I couldn't say no. <laughs> I, know, I know. And, you know, that's um, that can be a, a good and a bad thing. But I mean, when it's when it when it's for opportunities that are going to enhance um, your, your professional development, it's obviously a really good thing. And um, absolutely. So you know, I look at all the list of things and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, like that was just like that's what a rich experience is all about, right? A rich college experience. And so um, I just love that you took advantage of all those things. And, and uh, you know, to to our listeners out there, um, that that advice is just just incredible. You know, as we come out of as we have come out of the pandemic and and um, business travel and conference travel and all that has opened back up. Um, we are going to do more and more and more, and um, our faculty are, are going to get back to those levels of like when uh, Aaron was here, and um, and so be on the lookout for um, for opportunities for professional development because we value it a great deal, and we know how much it you know what a what an impact it can have on you. Um, so let's um, let let's now talk about your internship, right? Our our current students in particular really want to hear, you know, and I'm sure you remember back, Erin, if you can think about during that time, how it can be kind of stressful when you know you have <laughs> an internship at the end. Um, but you were so involved, I imagine yours wasn't too stressful. Tell us about how, uh, what you did for your internship, how you got it and that whole process. Definitely. So I opted to actually stay on campus for my internship. Uh, and myself and Megan Bonwell, a fellow classmate from 2019, uh, we both worked with, yeah, shout out to Megan. Uh, we both worked with parent family programs and commencement on the Cal Poly campus. Um, so I like to joke that I planned my own commencement. Yeah. Um, and it was an incredible experience. I mean, everything about it was pretty much set. You know, it's a copy and paste of the previous year of we're going to have it on this day, going to be this uh, vendor for this and all of that. But there still was some creative aspect to it where we got to, you know, have a say in what type of food should we order for this cultural commencement? Um, where should we host this one? And just really getting our hands on um, experience with all of that planning. Right. I love it. And it's such a memorable experience that like any small little detail that doesn't go well, people talk about, right? <laughs> yes, definitely. So and great as, experience, right? As events go, you know, there's always something that goes wrong. That's just the nature of the events world. Oh, and yeah. of course, my year, there was a bit of a hiccup on commencement day itself, but we handled it well and got through it all right. Oh yeah, tell us what it was. What, what can you? What was uh, it? <laughs> for any of the the 2019 graduates that are listening in? Um, the agriculture and business college commencement. Um, people were a bit impatient, and instead of waiting their turn to be pulled up on stage to get their name called, instead every single person mobbed the stage and tried to run up at the same time. And it was a bit of chaos. And Megan and myself were sitting together watching it all happen, and we're sitting there, you know, in our rows, getting ready to graduate ourselves. So we can't necessarily jump in, but had right. to just watch the rest of our colleagues. And the fear right. on their faces as they're trying not to get trampled, but right. it was a memorable graduation for sure. Right. <laughs> right. Oh wow! Sometimes there's just nothing you can do to control people. People right. are going to do what they want to do. 
that must have been one of the ones that I missed um, for for whatever reason because I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember that. But um, that's but, all right. I think you remember it. So no I would have remembered that. Thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So <laughs> now, um, so so now, Megan, let's talk about that um, that transition. You know, out into um, out into the working world. You know, I I don't like saying out into the real world because we all live in the real world. You know, that's kind of ridiculous to say um so let, let's talk about that that transition to your first um professional career position if you will um tell us about what you did how you got it um that sort of thing yeah definitely well after college i decided to take a little bit of time off and go travel around the world so spent yeah. two months backpacking through europe and israel right. and that was an incredible experience um when i was ready to actually you know be, be an adult and find a job. Um, yeah. I actually found a job through LinkedIn um, or Indeed. It was one of those just kind of got lucky without a connection. Um, right. And I actually became a contractor for Facebook as an event coordinator. Right. Very cool. Now, um, when uh, tell us about tell us about what that work was like because I, I can imagine that being on contract, right, was kind of probably a little scary, right? Because you you don't know from one however long a period the contract is to the next, what's going to happen, right? So tell us about what was like one of the enduring takeaways um, of that time and 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 then and go from there. Definitely. Um, it was kind of a funky situation. I actually, my first day of work was March 9th, 2020. And March 13th, 2020 was when California shut down. Oh, wow. So I actually only ever went on campus during my year and a half at Facebook uh, once or twice technically to pick up my computer once and then a, a tour about a year later on campus. Oh, so wow. I think my biggest takeaway was just learning how to pivot. Um, another thing that also added a level of complexity to it is uh, my original employer was Heinz. They're a real estate management company. Uh -huh. um, their contract actually ended at Facebook while I was there and we all while shifted over while I was there and we all shifted over to CBRE, um, oh. another real estate management company. Now that I've said CBRE out loud, you're going to see those green CBRE signs everywhere you go. Uh -huh. um, they're all around the world. <laughs> they're right. a, a huge real estate management company. Okay. And so essentially their role at Facebook was managing all the facilities, um, specifically the event spaces for my team. Right. So I kind of acted or like at least was supposed to act as a facility manager, uh, renting out those spaces, getting them prepared for whoever had events. Do you mm -hmm. want it in classroom style? Do you want it in theater style? What dates? Let's get that in the calendar. Mm -hmm. Things like that. But quite honestly, I never did any of that. Right. Um, what did you do instead? <laughs> <laughs> everyone on my team just completely completely pivoted. We ended up using that time to prepare for when we're back to normal. Uh -huh. um, I managed the Fremont campus up in the Bay Area. So one of the smaller satellite campuses to Facebook. Uh -huh. um, and we were actually just finishing up a handful of new rooms that we were going to start uh, renting out for events. Right. So we took that time to prep those rooms, make sure that we have all the setups possible. What are the capacities of them? A lot of numbers, things like that. Um, I also got heavily involved in redesigning our whole SharePoint website. So uh -huh. that was a completely different <laughs> take on my role. Right. Got involved right. in some data analytics, which Dr. Schwab actually... Some of her classes taught me exactly how to take those nice. those numbers and turn it from quantifying, you know, quantity to quality and all of that. So I love it. Well, completely well, pivoted. 
she'll be happy to she'll be happy to hear that you didn't say her Excel class. That's what you meant. <laughs> That's what everyone used. I definitely was. was I definitely was guilty of that at once, but now that I've been in that in the real world and doing that in my actual job, I it's not just Excel. Right. It's exactly. a whole analytical experience. <laughs> right, 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 right. So let's talk a little bit more about that um that pandemic experience. I mean, that had to be kind of scary since you were with a company and you weren't really doing what you were supposed, you know, you were really hired to do and everything's kind of in flux. Um, were, were the, 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 the management, the, the leadership, were, were they very supportive through, through that time and assuring you of your, your position and, and that sort of thing? What was, what was that like? Talk to us about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think everyone in the world can agree. It definitely was a scary time and yeah. just a time of uncertainty of, am I going to keep my job or not? Um, am I going to be okay? Things like that. Yeah. Um, I got very lucky and had incredible management on my side. Um, and like you said, ones that reassured us every day, you're not going to lose your job. We're keeping you. We're going to find something for you to do. Right. All of that. Um, they were really supportive because I had moved up to the Bay Area to go in person to this job. But yeah. as soon as I found out we were going remote, I ended up going back home to Westlake Village and staying with my parents because okay. it was a scary time. I didn't want to be out there alone. Yeah. In, you know, six hours away from my family. So they're really supportive of, of me going back and working remotely from LA uh -huh. um, and all of that. Yeah. Awesome. So I was very lucky that I kept my job throughout. And actually, right. the only thing that ended that job for me was that I decided I no longer wanted to move to the Bay Area by the right. time they asked us to come in person. So uh, I otherwise, I, I would have kept it. Yeah. I was going to say. So, so during that period, the whole Heinz and Facebook and CBRE, um, any mentors that that stand out um it kind of sounds like it uh, like you you did have that with um because you know whenever you're whenever you're in a situation like that um and we we all experienced it to a certain extent but i would imagine it's a lot harder when you have someone you can't trust or someone you're not sure whether you can <laughs> or, or you know you don't yeah. have one of the, you don't have one of those mentors so so talk to us a, a little bit more about, about that like um who is there is there someone that that stands out that really helped you get through that that time period yeah definitely and exactly what you said having people in your corner just makes a world of a difference um there are three people specifically that come to mind yeah. when you say that um my manager caroline who was just incredibly supportive the entire time um knowing that it was my first job out of college and helping yeah. me through just you know navigating adulthood and all of that yeah um i and then i had two colleagues um vicky and katie who both of which were just incredibly supportive and katie actually is how i ended up at cvent later on okay. so a okay. really, really great network um, around me. Awesome. So yeah, let's talk about that transition to Cvent and um, and uh, you're you're um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're working remotely with Cvent as well. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm mostly remote, and then about thirty to 40 percent travel um, wherever my clients have their events. So kind um, of a mix, a nice hybrid. Right on, right on. So did you? Um, did you stick around Westlake Village or are you have you gone somewhere else? 
Yeah, I actually just moved a couple of months ago to Denver, Colorado. So that's where I'm calling in from. I thought you did. I mean, I, I saw that on your I saw <laughs> I saw that on LinkedIn, but then I started wondering. I'm like, wait a second. It is it's uh, kind of it a random like, move. Yeah, working <laughs> remote. So um so I love that. Let's talk a little bit. Um, let's talk a little bit about that first before we get into everything with Cvent. Like, um, what's it like? Um, you know, what's it like living there in Denver? Um, do you do you like it? What's your th- favorite thing about the area? How long have you been there? That whole that whole jazz. Yeah, well, I've been here about four months. I came out at the end of March. Um, so it's still, you know, fairly new. Yeah. We're getting settled into our, our apartment, finally have a couch and furniture and all of that. Right. Um, and so far, to do some skiing. We, we did have a couple of snow days uh, when we first moved here. Um, not enough to go skiing, d- right. too quick of a turnaround for us to right. go out. But right. my favorite thing about here is just the nature. Um, I live less than a block away from one of my favorite parks, a huge park with great trees for hammocking, Uh, amazing hikes around the red rocks, the Rockies, just uh, incredible nature around. Such a gorgeous place. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk about that process. I think a lot of, um, a lot of young professionals and a lot of current students and, and, um, and, you know, um, graduates and whatnot want to hear about the whole, remote aspect and um you know you experienced it obviously during the pandemic but then you were i assume being asked to transition back into person and into the bay area and that's kind of what led you to see that what um what what process was uh or was there a process in in place um for going remote did you apply for the job specifically because it was that tell us all about that yeah, definitely. I think um, going back to Facebook, one of my biggest takeaways is that I love working remote. Um, I love the in-person experience of interacting with people. I'm such an extrovert when it comes to interacting with other humans. So yeah. I definitely needed that aspect. But yeah. I never really had an interest in going and working in an office, sitting at a cubicle and right. doing that kind of work. And so Facebook, although it was supposed to be more like that, um, being remote that whole time that I was at Facebook um, really showed me that I enjoyed that remote work. And so when I was leaving Facebook, when they wanted me to come in person, I decided that that was no longer the right life choice for me to move up to the Bay Area. Um, I opted to take a little bit of time off again, do some traveling again. Um, And then when I was ready to look for a job, that's when Katie, um, a friend of mine from Facebook, who now worked at Cvent, she said that she worked there, they travel. So you have the interacting, you know, interacting in person with the clients and other attendees and colleagues, but you're remote the rest of the time. And I said, sign me up. That sounds like the perfect hybrid. (laughs) That sounds perfect. I get to travel, see the world, interact with people. But then the rest of the time, I'm sitting at home in my PJs doing work on my computer. So it's the best of both worlds. (laughs) Okay, awesome. So so pick out um, pick out a typical day in your PJs and a typical day in your (laughs) suit. So PJs and pantsuits. Tell us. uh, Tell us. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, typically, as everyone knows in this industry, there is no typical day. There's right. just no, you know, yeah. uh, sense of normal. Every day is new. Um, right. But in terms yeah. of what I'm exciting. doing, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it keeps it very exciting. Um, in terms of what I do when I'm remote, when I'm at home, mm-hmm. um, I'm basically prepping for whatever client events I have coming up. So I'll work on anywhere from three to six projects at a time. Um, usually, usually, hopefully the events don't overlap with each other, but sometimes they do. 
Um, and generally speaking, we're just prepping them for using the Cvent software. So for anyone that doesn't know, Cvent is a event technology software. Um, we host everything from the registration website that attendees register for the corporate event on to uh, session scanning, tracking what attendees go to what sessions, to lead capture, having exhibitors scan attendees to see who they talk to, mm-hmm. to a mobile app, um, as well as virtual aspects. So yeah. all things technology, all things events. Um, everything so in leading between. up, <laughs> and everything in between, exactly. Yeah. And so leading up to the events, um, I'm just working through um, with my different clients, prepping them on the Cvent software, making sure that the mobile app is built out if we need to do that, um, making sure that their badges are designed correctly, and making sure that their kiosks that the attendees walk up and check in on at registration are configured accordingly. Right. Um, and everything in between. Right. Awesome. Yeah. And so, your, so your pantsuit days when you're when you're when you're traveling, uh, yeah, is, is it a type thing? So so pick out one of your uh, one of your recent um, conferences or your recent events, right? Um, and tell us tell us what it was and like what you were doing on site. Definitely. Well, I won't I won't expose my client's name no. or anything. Oh but... right, right, right. Yeah, but yeah, don't, <laughs> but... don't want to do that. But yeah, you know. What I mean. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gener- no, <laughs> that's totally fine. I don't want to accidentally say anything I'm not supposed to. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, we'll do anything from a company's national sales meeting to their employee engagement um, meeting once a year or a biannual meeting, whatever it is. Right. Um, so this last time it was an event about 3000 attendees. And um, I was just on site in Las Vegas last week. Um, oh, for this were? Event. We, were, yes. we were there at the same time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> One hundred fifteen degrees, and and yes. uh, and uh, you were you were probably much colder than I was because um, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Rue's mom keeps her house at like eighty degrees, and I was just like, oh my gosh! Oh. I'm like, meanwhile, I I'm in a conference center shivering. <laughs> you, were, like, you were in a sweater. You were probably in a hoodie, like I am right now. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So, and so, so when you're on site, so so you. How many, so how many meetings do you go to, um, uh, per year, uh, what what would be an estimate and and what are you doing there on site? Yeah. So it kind of ranges, you know, we have our busy seasons, so kind of spring leading into summer and then fall, those are definitely our busy seasons. So at the moment I'm going to almost two events a month, um, but come winter time, more like once a month, maybe even skipping some. So it ends up being about 30, 40% travel, okay. um, probably about like 12 to 15 trips a year. Yeah. Um, so That's definitely cool. a bit of travel, a lot of Las Vegas trips. That's corporate <laughs> event world heaven. <laughs> yep. That's um, awesome. But typically when I'm on site, um, I'll speak to just kind of the most yeah. basic yeah. level of one of our events is I'm going on site and I'm setting up all of our registration equipment. So I'm setting up those printers that print out the attendees badges. I'm setting up our iPad kiosks with our on arrival system that attendees walk up and that's how they print out their badge themselves and change whatever prints out, maybe sign a terms and conditions, things like that. Um, I'll also set up those session scanners, essentially kind of like an iPhone that then our temp staff will then scan people's badges as they walk into sessions. And I'll set up the lead capture devices for exhibitors to use. So a lot of, I like to call myself a traveling IT person um, when I'm on site. 
Yeah, you know, I um, I saw I saw that on your, and I was like, I was uh, that's what I was kind of envisioning. So you you basically just um, you know, explained exactly what I, what I was. Yeah, so, so definitely. Tell, yeah, tell me about um, one of the most pressing problems or challenges or issues um, that you see facing the corporate event space, um, and you know specifically. Um, the technology space. Do you, do you do you feel like you could you could highlight something that that is a, is a challenge? Yeah, I think especially in this role, um, as we all know, the event world is it's unknown. There's always something that's going to be a wild card. Something's going to change, right. and then you add that level of technology on top of it. Which once again, we all know technology fails. Sometimes you'll have an outage. You'll have a printer that goes down. Yeah. Something will fail, and so I think the the biggest skill that I have learned in this job is learning how to deal with those issues, go with the flow, find right. a workaround. Right. If something goes down, fix it, find yeah. a way to fix it, find yeah. something else to make it work. So it. just it. having those two pieces together definitely adds quite a few wild cards. Yeah. It's never boring on site. <laughs> uh, I bet not. I bet yeah. not. And plus being in Vegas, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or wherever you might be. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about that, Aaron. If if you don't if you don't mind, you know, I think it's um <clears throat> I think it's really interesting because I think during the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, I think a lot of people said to themselves, uh, you know, I don't know that business travel will ever go back to what it used to be. I don't think that events and conferences will bounce back like we've seen tourism and um bounce back you know private travel or or leisure travel if you will um but you know i'm not so sure about that anymore (laughs) i mean it seems like they've bounced back with a fervor uh, based on the people that i've talked to um Obviously, we have hybrid and we have um, virtual options, but can you speak to that? Are you seeing um, from your from your business lens, um, are you seeing that bounce back? Um, what, what do you think about those statements? Definitely having a bounce back. Um, during COVID, Cvent, um, they were already obviously a technology company, but they really pivoted towards their virtual platform, our attendee hub. Yeah. Um, and they really focused on those virtual events. And you're having quite you know, a big stream of events coming in mm-hmm. during that time of companies that didn't want to stop their corporate event because we couldn't go in person. Yeah. But since all these travel bans have been lifted and COVID is becoming less and less of a threat, mm-hmm. um, things are bouncing back in full swing, at least from my eyes. Yeah. We're seeing... Um, at, I was just at a 5,000-person attendee conference um, a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and we had 98% of the people show up. So yeah. 98% of the people that are registered for this 5,000 person event came yeah. in person. People yeah. are so excited to be back in person, yeah. seeing each other and wearing their badges and shaking yeah. hands and yeah. really having that networking experience. So yeah. from at least what I'm seeing, travel and corporate events are back busier than ever. Full force. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, what I, that's what I'm seeing too. Um, so let's talk about um, those opportunities, right? So we talked a little bit about uh, that. I mean, obviously, uh, that bouncing back is a huge opportunity. Do you see um, the expansion of hybrid and virtual 
um, as a uh, as a supplement, as a complement um, to the in person. Do you see that as as an opportunity that has only helped to expand the corporate event world? I think so, and and not to um, invalidate the the depths of COVID at all, but I think that it did really um, bring a lot of new opportunities to the corporate event world. I mean, typically speaking, no one wanted to sign up for a, a virtual seminar. You want to go in person. You want to meet right. people and all of that. Right. But COVID really showed us that actually those can be pretty great. You have a you chat feature. You have, yeah. right, you can have networking one-on-one meetings, Zoom collaborative meetings, all of that. Yeah. And then we've, you know, fully switched over to in-person. People are so excited to come in person yeah. and be there and meet people and all of that. But mm. there still is a level of fear, maybe, that you don't want to travel and that's okay. Um, Or maybe it's just more cost effective for you to stay at home. So I definitely do have quite a number of uh, clients that have hybrid events. So it's essentially a setup of on site. um, There's that speaker on the stage giving the the keynotes uh, speech and all of that. And there's a cameraman in the room recording. And that's broadcasted to our attendee hub website, where then the virtual attendees in the comfort of their own home, in their PJs as well, can watch and be just as involved in the experience. So I think it really opened up the doors. I agree. I totally agree. I love that. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, before we get into advice for uh, advice for others, let's talk a little bit about um, your work-life balance. You know, you've, um, (laughs) you get to work remote and that's awesome, but, but you are traveling a lot, right? So how do you, um, and you talk to us a little bit about parks and nature and getting out in the, and enjoying um, where you live. Um, work-life balance is such an important element of, of, of our, li- of our professional lives. Um, tell us what your secret to work-life balance is. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to be honest, I'm still working on it. I'm yeah. definitely guilty of not are. taking any of this advice that I'm about to give. Yeah. <laughs> but generally speaking, my biggest attempt at a rule for myself is when the day is over, when workday is over, unless something is critical and pressing and really needs to be handled then and there, close your computer, walk away, go eat dinner with your loved ones, go for a walk, just step away from that workspace. Um, also, when I travel, when it's when it makes sense and when I'm able to, when my company allows it, I try to extend that trip and go experience where I am. So a couple months ago, I was in Vienna, Austria for a work trip. Uh-oh. And I actually was able to extend and go visit a friend in Budapest, Hungary, and uh, really experience that. So yeah. that's another thing is when I'm in a cool location, yeah. go out, go see a show, go I walk through it. one of their parks, go eat some food. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, such great advice. Thank you so much for that, Aaron. So if you could time travel, what advice would you give yourself during your junior or senior year of college? Such a hard one. There's so yeah. much advice <laughs> that I, I would know, give myself. Right? I right. I think the biggest thing is just to say yes, take those opportunities, even if they scare you, or they seem daunting, or you feel like you're not the right fit for that opportunity. Try it on anyways. Worst thing that happens is you don't do it again. And you know that that wasn't right for you. Right. That's right. So much of uh, I, I, I tell students that like so much of my, uh, 
internship experience was checking things off the list that I didn't want to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's perfectly cool, right? As long as you're learning, <laughs> growing, right? Uh, uh, that's a, that's a it's a good thing. So the final thing uh, that that I'll uh, that I'll ask you about before, well, before we get some parting parting words. Um, it is the whole like experience design you know you were you were obviously here when we when we shifted to experience industry management and and um in experience design and um i assume you're seeing i i assume you you're seeing that co-creation of experiences in, in your world of of um corporate um of corporate events um but can you speak that to that a little bit do you feel like you uh, have enhanced skills that um, that have helped you in the workplace? Definitely. I mean, that's Cvent's that's whole motto is just creating that seamless experience for an attendee on site and for the planner themselves on the back end. Um, everything from the attendee has their mobile app in their phone. They can message other people just like DMing on Instagram. They can see the venue map. They can get notifications. They get scanned into sessions that the attendees are tracked for their CE credits, whatever it is. And so I think definitely being at Cvent, I'm really deep in that event experience world where it's all about the attendee experience. Customer service skills need to be high up there. The technology skills need to be high up there. And all of it comes together to create a seamless experience. If the attendees don't know we're there, we did our job. That's right. perfect. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what I tell people when they're like, what? What is sport management? What do you, what is that? I'm like, um, right. That's uh, it's a good thing that you don't know what sport management <laughs> is because you didn't see those people who were running the whole thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And same thing for conferences, right? And corporate events, same thing, right? Yeah, uh, it all goes back to theater too. Same thing. If you don't know the stage exactly. managers there, that was a good show. It exactly. went well. That's I love it. I love it all the way back full circle. So that's <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's uh, let let let's end with some parting advice. Like, what parting advice would you give to you know, to those students who are out there who are interested in corporate events and and interested in, in getting into this space? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It, it definitely takes a lot of um, just getting your your feet wet and getting in there to do it, having the right connections, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of the attitude that you take about it, my life motto, both in the professional world and personal world, is kill them with kindness. There are so many personalities in this event world and the customer service world, but I've found so often that if you come at it with a positive and optimistic view, people are so much more likely to trust you and listen to you and really value your presence there. So kill them with kindness. Someone says an attendee is having a terrible time. Say, I hear you. I'm so sorry. Let's make it better. I'm going to go experience it with you now. Yeah, you can you can chip away at those uh those grizzled uh <laughs> grizzled people or or those exactly who are, are are not grizzled are perfectly wonderful people um but they're ha- like you said they're having a bad they're having a bad moment right like there's something, something didn't work and when something doesn't work and you some people have a tendency to to freak out about it and you got to be absolutely. that absolutely 
you got to be that kind soul that helps them get it back in order, right? I love it. I love it. That's some great advice for all of us, Aaron. And um, I just, uh, I can't thank you enough for for uh, spending a few minutes with us today and paying it forward. And um just uh, so, so happy for you and so proud of you. And um, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a wonderful time catching up with you. And I love listening to the podcast and hearing what all my old classmates are doing these days. Of course. I love it. I love it. Well, now you'll, you'll be, uh, you'll be up there and um, in the, in the, uh, in the space, in the pod space. Uh, so <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's My dream awesome. come true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you so much. See ya. Yeah.